Hello and welcome to the Agape Leaders Podcast. This week we have a chat with Dr. Greg Mays. I'm excited to be back with you and having an opportunity to share what's been on my heart. And what's been on my heart these days is kings in the Bible. And I'm not going to talk about all the different kings, but I want to talk about a couple of kings in the Bible and how we can better read the Bible and especially about these different kings contextually. So let's get started. I think the reason why God put this particular podcast topic on my heart is I have an opportunity to sit and be a part of people's teachings and I enjoy that because at no time do I believe and I do not envision a time that I ever will believe that I am the foremost expert on the Bible or anything when it comes to Christ. I am learning probably just like you are and so uh, I am always willing to sit under the teachings of other people. However, when I sit under the teachings of other people, I do desire for these teachings to be contextual, to follow kind of the Word of God and to have an understanding of kind of what is going on when we read the Bible. And so I know that can sound kind of two-sidable. What are you saying, Greg? And, and really, we are to read this Bible and listen to the Holy Spirit, we need to read the Bible contextually, meaning we don't take a passage, and I did a series on misquoted scripture, and one of the ones I talked about was the love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. You know, if you, if you love money, then no good can come of that. And of course, that is not what was said what was said was the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil meaning somebody's desire to have or to gain money or to pursue money can lead to problems but but money itself and the pursuit of money itself doesn't lead to evil it's the fact that when you're pursuing the money so that you can have personal gain without taking into account what God might want for you to do with that, not just might, what he wants for you to do, then you run into problems. So I talked about that, and that's a passage that is very frequently taken out of context, but that's not the only one. And so recently... I heard two different people talking about King Darius, who is found in Daniel chapter 6. And both of the people were kind of speaking of King Darius in a way that he actually, something that he didn't do, he was kind of being accused of doing. And so if you'll come with me into the book of Daniel, I will be in 
chapter 6. And in the interest of time, I won't sit here and read Daniel chapter 6, but I will talk about it. You may know it's known as Daniel and are in the den of lions, right? It's the time where Daniel gets thrown into the lion's den. And so the reality is Daniel has put himself in such a place that King Darius has so much respect for him that he is going to lift Daniel to a high place. Uh, the Bible says in verse chapter 6, verse 3, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. And something that you must understand, in Daniel's time, in biblical time, really throughout the Bible, even into Jesus' time, people had massive egos. And they wanted to look good and they didn't mind making somebody else look bad. So the satraps come together and they say, hey, we have got to get rid of this guy, Daniel. So they begin to talk about what they can do. And they ultimately decide that Daniel is such a good person. He's such an upstanding person that they're never going to find anything wrong with him. But what they need to do is use his religion. Daniel was a Jew to use his religion somehow against him. So they go to King Darius and they ask King Darius that he, they, they suggest to him that he sign a decree or an edict that says for the next 30 days, no one can bow to any God or anything other than worshiping the king. Right? That, that that would be the only person or thing that they could do. I'll read it for you. Uh, verse 6 says, So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And they convince him to sign this decree. And long story short form, Daniel goes home. He prays three times. Even after the edict was written, he prayed three times a day because that's what he did. And the satraps go and they tell King Darius. Here's the thing that we need to understand. King Darius, just like I mentioned earlier, had a massive ego. But King Darius respected and he loved Daniel. Don't forget, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So Darius had a great respect for Daniel. He's not going to turn around and try to get Daniel in a predicament. But because he, he had this ego, when 
the administrators of the satraps come to him and say, you need to sign this edict, of course he's going to say, yes, I'll sign that. Why? Because he is the king and he doesn't want to have himself. What's he going to say? No. In that era, that could have got him you know, overthrown. So of course he's going to say, yeah, he's, I, I don't believe that he was even thinking about Daniel because we don't read in the text that they came to him specifically singling out, singling out Daniel. It's only after the edict is signed and Daniel goes and prays that we see these satraps come back and single out Daniel. The whole time it was these guys who were trying to trick the king. And if you play to the king's ego, you would be able to get done what you would get done. And so I think sometimes, and I know that when this was being taught by a couple of people, they focused on the king wanting to get catch Daniel. He did not. And as you read the text in that chapter, you will, you will see it played out. Because once the satraps and the administrators come back to King Darius and say, hey, Daniel's been praying to someone else, the Bible tells us that the king spent the whole day trying to figure out, let me see, let me find that for you. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. This is verse 14 in chapter 6. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Well, why would he do that if he was trying to set him up in the first place? And so I think it's very important for us. We have to be careful when we're teaching that we teach correctly. And so uh, I, that is something, you know, I'm the kind of person, if I hear it once, okay. If I hear it twice, hmm, it's got to be more than that. So I would encourage all of us when we're teaching, we need to make sure we're teaching the way that, that, that is contextually. And so I want to hit on these kings and their egos a little bit, and then I'll close this uh, episode down. The importance of ensuring that you don't have this massive ego, looking at King Solomon. King Solomon asked for wisdom and God gave it to him. And as I was thinking about this episode, I wrote down Daniel chapter six, and which is what we just talked about. And then at the exact same time, I wrote down the wisdom of Solomon. You see, one of the things that we need to do as believers to make sure that we check our egos and that we never get to a place where we know so much that we're not going to listen to anyone, even if it's a little kid, that we're not going to listen. We have to remember Solomon. He was the wisest of all kings. But by the time Solomon was ready to, you know, his, his life ended, he had really pulled away from following God the way his father had, David, King David. And, and the reason why Solomon asked for wisdom was because he knew God had been with his father, David. So even the wisest king of all allowed his ego to take control of him 
and he ends up really allowing other gods well we know there's other gods small g there's only one god that we believe in uh, if you are christian and there are other religions that are uh, monotheists but i'm focusing on christianity which is what i believe uh, is the true religion or the true one true god uh, whose son jesus christ came gave his life a ransom for all of us so that anyone who believed would not perish but have everlasting life and so solomon this wise person allows his ego to pull him away he was king and god was establishing david's throne forever but here's the good news there is a king who sits on david's throne right now and he is the most humble person to have ever walked the face of the earth and that is the man jesus christ jesus christ is king he is king of kings he is lord of lords and his humility no one can match he came to this earth gave his life a ransom for many and so as we think about these kings in the Bible, and as we think about kings like Darius, kings like Nebuchadnezzar, who, who lost his kingship because of his ego, kings like Belshazzar, these are all kings in the book of Daniel. Our youth at the Rock Community Church, we're going through the book of Daniel. And so those kings, of course, are at the forefront of my mind. These kings all had these massive egos and it cost them. Solomon had a massive ego and it cost him. But Jesus Christ, who is the King of Kings, who is the Lord of Lords, did not. And so I want to encourage you to let Jesus Christ be your example. As you read this Bible, I encourage you to read it contextually so you may have to study you may have to do some some history lessons you may have to go in and go into some commentaries to understand why that word was translated that way and and go and look at some parallel bibles to kind of see what other ways that word was translated so you can get to the root of the word you may have to go find out what was written in the hebrew what was written in the greek you, you may have to go do some work to make sure that what you're saying is accurate. That's why, and, and when you sit back and you go, oh, it's too much. Hey, that's exactly what they said in Jesus' day. Open your book to John chapter six. And towards the end of chapter six, you know, right around verses 60, 64, 66 through there, the people were wanting to leave. Why? They said, this is too hard. It's too difficult. So I encourage you to get in, read your Bible, read it contextually. You can always reach out to me. The, our contact information is always in the show notes of this podcast. So I encourage you to do that. As I get ready to close today, uh, and before I pray, I want to ask for some prayer. I have... I told you guys several weeks ago in a podcast, and you can go back and listen to it. I think the title of the episode is Practical Leadership Scholarships. 
And so I took a step to see about getting the book out there to start getting some generate more sales because I want to give two $1,000 scholarships. That is my heart's desire. Uh, excuse me, two $5,000 scholarships. That is my heart's desire. And that's where I want uh, to go. I was thinking about this today. I, I heard something where a person was given out millions of dollars in scholarships to some schools up in Chicago. And you can, you can do fact check on that. I think it's called the Hope Chicago Scholarship or something. Uh, nevertheless, uh, my heart, that is my heart. My heart is to be able to look at a, a young person who's trying. I teach high school and there are a ton of young people who are in there and they are trying. They are putting in the work. But even though they're putting in the work, college is expensive and trying to go there can be overwhelming. And it is my heart's desire to be a person who can help send people to college, to trade school, to set them up with an apprenticeship, to help people move forward in a way that, that they know they can help benefit the society, that they can grow in their faith. You know, that's my heart's desire. And so I took a step and and Sonny and I, you know, took a step in that direction. So I I I covet your prayers, if you don't mind, uh, for that. So and I will keep you posted. It is like I said, it's my desire to begin to to be able to turn and say, and it may not be in the coming twenty. I would love to do it in 2023, but if it's 2024, I'm good with that. If it's 2025 and God has me growing in patience and showing my faith, I will do that. But that's my heart's desire, uh, really is to have those funds raised by December 2023. That's the goal I set. Well, I'm gonna pray for us and then I will get us out of here. Father, in the name of Jesus, you know, I pray that this kind of quick episode uh, that people will understand. I think the message today is for us to read the Bible contextually and also to make sure that we never allow our ego to get in the way of what you're trying to do. Because at the end of the day, we don't know better than you. So I pray for us. I pray, I'm going to pray for me for that. I'm going to focus on me and making sure that I don't allow my ego to get in the way of you, Lord. And I won't try to speak for anyone else because I may be the only one that needs this prayer. And I'm okay with that. Uh, so, but thank you, Lord. Uh, continue to be with the, every listener. Uh, open their heart and open their ears, open their eyes, that they can feel you, hear you, and see you, Lord God, and move and follow where you are moving. As always, Father, we pray these things in Jesus' name. Well, that's all we have for this week's Agape Leaders Podcast. Until next time, you have a blessed week.